0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 minutes, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word, helping us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Help people in your life by sharing these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help somebody grow in their faith and hopefully, prayerfully, get to heaven. Make that commitment today. We're going to continue in our line of thought and study. We're talking about the broad theme, heart troubles. That is, problems of the heart from a spiritual perspective. And in this particular section, as we're bringing this long series to a close, we're talking about selfishness. Now, we've talked about a whole lot of different heart problems, but this one, as we're closing out this series, is one that is experienced, recognized by a whole lot of people on an ongoing basis. Selfishness. A lot of people may not think they're being selfish when they actually are being selfish. So we've talked about it from the perspective of Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse one, where the apostle Paul wrote, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. We ought to think about those weaker brethren within the Lord's church. Now, make the application on a broader scale, especially as, as Christians, we ought to think about those weaker folks out there, those who may not have... Um, those who may not be as as blessed as we are, or maybe they've squandered some of their blessings, they're not in as positive a position in life as we're in, we need, we need to think about people. We need to think about people who are perhaps even down and out. Now, I'm not talking about people who are careless on purpose, who have no concern about working to earn a living, who just want to live off of other people. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about people who, through no fault of their own necessarily, just because of circumstances that hit their life, maybe lost a job, maybe physical illness, physical handicap, whatever, they, they have a tough time making it well on their own. We need to be thoughtful. We need to be, we need to recognize, we need to to be willing to help where we can and where it would be appropriate. So Paul says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. You see, selfishness is a mindset that's always focused on pleasing me. What do I want? No, I, you can't have that. I, I've got it. You can't have any of it. I want it. I want to keep it. Let us, he goes on and says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Definitions again, focused, folk being focused on your own interests, on your own desires, on your own needs, on your own wishes as being more important. That, and, and ignoring the wishes, the interests, the needs, the desires of other people. Yours are the most important. No, don't, don't tell me what you, what you need. I, that's your problem. That's not my problem. I'm taking care of what I want, what I've got. So it is also defined as being self-seeking, self-centered, self-interested, egotistical, and egocentric. We looked at a number of scripture references that continually condemn selfish ambition in God's Word. We closed last time by beginning to look at a text of scripture that we're reflecting upon as the example that our Lord left us as He lived His physical life upon this earth. Now, I know He came. In physical form at the same time still being fully divine. But he left us as he lived that life in physical form as a man, he left us lessons, illustrations, examples. And Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 8 tell us that, or give us something of an insight into how he left us the right image, the right example for us to implement into our lives as his faithful followers, as Christians. So beginning with verse 5, Philippians chapter 2, Paul the apostle wrote, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, why did Jesus come in human form? Why did he leave heaven to come to be our Savior and live as a man upon this earth and die as a man on that cross? It wasn't for his own good it was for our good. He did that for us. You see what a selfless example he left us. Exactly the opposite of selfishness. We began noting some of the characteristics that he exhibited. We looked at Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, and also verse 42. We looked at John chapter 19, verses 10 and 11 where Jesus, he came, he went through dying on that cross. He went through all of that torturous execution process for our good, for the good of humanity, not for his own good. In verse 6 of Philippians chapter 2, he gave up his position of equality with God the Father in heaven in order to come as man. Look at that again. In in, in, in verse 6, it says, who being in the form of God did not count it robbery to be equal with God. It, tough translation from the Greek into the English in that particular verse of Scripture. Another, another translation which I think gets it across perhaps a little more clearly is along the line, he did not consider his position with God, his position of equality with God, a thing to be held on to. So if God the Father said, I want you to go down there to the earth, I want you to be born of a virgin. I want you to be born in physical form. I want you to grow up as a young boy. I want you to become a man, and I want you to teach the gospel message of salvation that I'm sending with you to teach to all of humanity, you being the Savior, and I want you to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all of mankind for all time. And Jesus said, "Are you see, Jesus did not say, are you crazy? Why should I do that? I'm God the Son. I have a position of equality with you right here in heaven. You're asking me to leave that and become a human being down there? You know what they're like down there. You want me to be tortured basically to death on that cross? To pay for the guilt of the sins of people who are murderers, fornicators, adulterers, thieves, robbers, violent, and all kinds of other kind of sinful individuals do you want me to leave here and do it? See, he didn't did not reason like that at all he was willing to go he submitted his will to god's will he emptied himself verse 7 what a great statement made himself of no reputation he allowed himself to come in human form he took the form of a bondservant verse 7 says emptied himself, made himself of no reputation, being in the form of a bondservant, and basically you're talking about a slave. He came as a human being, a human being. The Hebrews writer talks about what Jesus went through as a human being, just in, in, in a simple form, In verses 17 and 18 of Hebrews chapter 2, the writer wrote, Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren. You see, as I said, he came fully divine, but he came fully human too. He went through all the kinds of things that we go through. So he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So he experienced the kinds of temptations that we experience. In chapter 4 of Hebrews, verses 14 and 15, we read, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession." For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yes, he went through the same kinds of temptations we go through, but he did not succumb to the temptations. He did not sin. And so he could go to that cross as the perfect, pure Savior, We come to verse 8 in Philippians chapter 2. It says that he humbled himself. In John chapter 13, John chapter 13, and we look at verses 3 through 5, we read this, and this is the night of his betrayal. What does he do? What's one of the first things we have recorded for us in scripture that he did on that night? He was with the apostles in the upper room, Verse 3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. What an incredible example of humility. That he left for us in so doing. And Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 again, he became obedient, obedient. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, the Hebrews writer focused on this in a very direct way. He said, Though he were a son, speaking of Jesus, yet he learned obedience, went through the process of learning obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the source or author of eternal salvation to all who will obey him. We learn the importance of obedience because Jesus gave us the example of learning the importance of obedience. And he willingly died on that cross. He became obedient unto death on that cross. In Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, we look at verses 51 through 54, it talks about Jesus going to that cross. Suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. That was Peter. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Jesus could have stopped the whole process right there. He could have prayed to the Father. The Father would have sent him all kinds of protectors in the form of heavenly angels, But Jesus said, I came to go to that cross. He humbled himself to the point of death. Let's pray. Father, help us to see the importance of the example of Jesus in being selfless, in coming in human form and going to that cross willingly and knowingly to die, to pay the price for our sins an example of selflessness and not selfishness. Help us to learn that example and implement it into our lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.